Welcome to the United Through Him podcast of Noon and First UMC Youth. This is episode two of our weekly Bible study. On this episode, our youth minister Brent will lead us through a discussion on Noah and the flood from Genesis 6 through 9. Well, welcome everybody. So we're going to go around the room and just introduce everybody and make sure everybody knows who's here tonight. And uh, we're going to do that. I'm going to start on one of our adults over here. We'll let her give her name, and then I'm going to let you choose which way around the circle that you're going to go. Uh, we got a good group of people here tonight, so here's what you're going to do very quickly. Your name and your favorite t- pizza toppings, not pizza poppings. Poppings. Uh, favorite pizza toppings. I'm Laurie. Um, my favorite pizza topping is some cheese. Just by itself? Yes. 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 Okay. All right. Good. Which way are you going to go? That one is my favorite. Yeah. Okay, you're going to go. Ah, there you go. Going counterclockwise around the circle. I'm Susie. My favorite pizza topping is pepperoni. There you go. I'm Gabby, and my favorite pizza topping is cheese. Copycat. I'm Katie, and my favorite pizza topping is um, olives. It can be more than one topping, by the way. If you, if you have, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, mean, I guess I should have said pizza toppings, but I got my, like myself tongue tied there. So, so, so I, I will say, um, I'll, I'll start. Do you want to add anything, anybody? Pepperoni. Okay, so cheese and pepperoni. Okay, all right. So, olives. Okay. Check on the olives. Check on the olives. Okay, we've got lots of super Italian people over here. So, all right, my name is Brent, and my favorite pizza topping. I'm, I'm one of those people that really likes Hawaiian pizza. So the ham and pineapple, which you know Gordon Ramsay says it's not possible, but it is what it is, and that's what I like. So. My name is Mason, and my favorite pizza topping. Um, it's not really kind of topping. It's just like the vegetarian pizza, you know, all the vegetables. It's really good. Uh, hi, my name is Grant, and um, I'd have to say my favorite pizza topping is probably sausage or pepperoni. Hi, my name is Grayson, and my favorite pizza is like the five meat pizza. That's, that's like the great. I'm Hannah, and I think my favorite pizza topping is cheese. Just cheese, triple cheese. Just triple cheese, okay. Five cheese. I'm Mimi, and my favorite pizza topping is potatoes. That's interesting. That's actually hot. Yeah, if anybody's listening to this and they don't live in the Noonan area, it's at Partner's Pizza. Yeah, Partner's Pizza serves the baked potato pizza, which like has potato and like bacon and stuff and stuff. Stuff and stuff all over. I would like to add that in Portland, Maine, they have a mashed potato and bacon pizza. It's the bomb. That's something. Okay. All right. Yeah. Grayson made a I'm Craig, and I like sort of spicy sausage and banana peppers. Which is why you're not allowed to buy. You're not allowed to buy pizza for the staff anymore because you bought spicy pizza one day and everybody got mad at you. Yeah. Staff has no clue about that. <laughs> I'm Kendra, and my favorite pizza toppings are olives and bacon. Ooh, nice. That's a good combo. I'm Everett. I'm Everett. My favorite pizza topping is pepperoni and cheese. Last but not least tonight. Um, I'm Sophia. My favorite pizza topping is bacon bits. Bacon bits. Yeah, like chopped up bacon. Chopped up bacon. Fantastic. Okay. All right, well, that's everybody who's here tonight. So just a little recap from last week. We uh, we started uh, talking about um, this one story that we're, we're looking at, and that's uh, the story of Scripture. And so the first week that we were there, we were talking about um, creation, and we were talking about how the image of God is part of us. Um, we are creative. We're created in His image. He's a creator. He's made us creative. And um, and because he created these things, he created them. He said they were what? Anybody remember what he said? Good. Very good. Very good. It's good. Very good. Exactly. So um, we're going to jump a little bit into the story of uh, Scripture today. And we're going we're gonna to jump forward to uh, Noah and the flood. Okay. Yes. Great storms and things coming. So, all right. So here's... Anybody want to give us a two or three sentence recap of the story of Noah and the flood? I mean, you, 
you probably heard it growing up in in school. Let's see. All right, so let's go with let's go with Mason. <laughs> Grayson's very upset with me, but he added that thing about the pizza, so I need to get some other pizza. But my dad's Noah. That's true. Your dad is Noah. All yeah. right. So back back in the olden times, um, so there was God was angry at the people because they weren't, you know, they were being bad and stuff, you know, and so. He told Moses to build an ark and put two of every single animal on it. And so um, Moses obeyed. Noah obeyed. <laughs> Moses. Mo- different, different story. Yeah, Moses crazy. obeyed. And people called him crazy and stupid. But they were they were crazy and stupid because the flood came. And they were all washed away. And then, yeah. And then God put a rainbow over this guy. Say you never do it again. Okay. Amen. Amen. And everyone said Amen. Amen. Okay, so also, like a part about like the dove and like the olive branch. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The storm is coming. Yeah. Oh, I so. can hear it already. I thought yeah. his name was Evan. <laughs> so, okay. Evan yeah, Almighty. Evan Almighty and things along those lines. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff there, and you know, so some of some of what we think about the story, especially if you grew up in church, right? You think about this story and you have these things in mind that uh, you remember. You go to preschool. Even our preschool here at the church has this big, huge painting on it. And there, there's two of, of like ten different animals, because that's all you can fit on like the preschool picture, right? And what do all of them look like? Cartoons. They look like cartoons. Yeah, cartoons. What else? They all look super happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're all smiling. Everything's cute. Yeah, yeah, it's about the yeah. fun. This is, going this, to cruise. Think, this is. Yeah, I don't think that that was how it actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is the story that like mothers and fathers like build nurseries. Based around the stories of Noah's Ark, Noah and the Ark, because there's animals and you know boats and you know it works for a girl or a boy. It's a great you know gender neutral kind of um, nursery layout and all this kind of stuff. And so people use it all the time. But it's it's kind of a like Mason was talking about. It's kind of a scary story. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of destruction in it. And uh, when we grow up in the church, we don't really think about it being a death and destruction story because the Veggie Tales did a movie on it, you know, and like Veggie Tales. You don't know what Veggie Tales are? Oh, you uncultured. Everybody, everybody in the room is like, what? Frank, we gotta watch Veggie Tales. No, 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 no. I, I, you know, we can watch. But I actually, believe it or not, in preparation for this, I ran through the Veggie Tales. Online uh, version. Tales online yeah. crash course. So, <laughs> so here's the deal, though. When we when we talk about this, the, there's memes of Veggie Tales. Oh yeah, there absolutely are. What do you mean? Oh, yes. yes. mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back in the '90s or the late 2000s is when we used to have these like Veggie Tale parties. We would do Veggie Tale watching parties. Now, so that's what we think about in the history of the church. But when you are, when you don't grow up in the church, and you hear the story of Noah, and it's full of death and destruction, that's a that's a different type of story, right? Because we we get kind of desensitized to it in the church. But some of your friends at school, if they were to tell you this story or something, you were to tell them, they'd be like. What you know? That's crazy, and uh, so it's it's a it's a weird um, it's a weird story, and it's an, one of the oldest stories in scripture. Okay, and so we're gonna look at it. But before we do that, this is one of those off mic moments like we had last week when we were doing this. We're gonna do a little activity here amongst the people in the room, and so we're gonna disappear off of the recording for a little bit, and then we're gonna come back and we'll describe to you what what we've been doing. But so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're, I'll just describe to it now at least, but what we're doing is we're going to split this group in half, okay? And so we'll just basically do from uh, Craig and Katie over and then Mimi and me over, okay? And um, that that was really good for y'all who are listening otherwise, but that's just what it is. You, you listen to the circle go around, so you know. Um, so we have a piece of paper and some markers and stuff like that. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to imagine that the world is going to be destroyed. Right now. Like, us. like right now. Like yeah. in the next hour? Yeah, like in the next Breaking news, Florida governor declares emergency ahead. Hurricane Yeah, no, it's yeah. not the hurricane. <laughs> but no, in the next in the next hour, something you know, we're gonna be destroyed. Right as soon as Bible study's over, you know, the world is gonna be destroyed. So you have an emergency bunker. Okay? Y'all listening? Or right, here's the deal. You guys have an emergency bunker that can only hold two people. 
and those two people need to be kept safe, and they're there to repopulate the entire Earth. All right. So your job is to choose two individuals who will go into the bunker and repopulate the Earth. You, your people, okay, can be real people, all right, or they can be fictional people. So you need to figure out who. You, you, so it doesn't have to be somebody who actually exists. You can make up like the super person. Okay, a real person though. Okay, not like a super person like this person. It can jump over buildings. So they should repopulate the earth. I mean, Cody can. Okay, <laughs> maybe a doghouse, but um, you know, so you know, so on this piece of paper, what you're going to do is you're going to draw these two people, and then you're going to name them, and you're going to list the characteristics that you want them to have. And remember that your job is to preserve the human species. Okay, so we're going to take. Uh, we're going to take about seven minutes to do this, and then we'll be right back, okay? We're back. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, background music. So here, here's the deal. I need one person from each group to be the spokesperson who's going to explain their, uh, their people uh, and, the, and the list of characteristics and what it is. Okay, so I'm, I have a feeling on this, we'll start on this side over here, which is uh, Mimi, Hannah, Grayson, Grant, and Mason. And Brent. And me, which I, all I did was answer analytical questions about what was possible. So, all right, who's your spokesperson? Uh, I guess, I guess, I, okay, so I'm the spokesperson. So basically, we have um, two uh, very highly uh, educated scientists. One of them is an operator for um, the surgery of when one of them gives birth, and then the other one um, is the birther, but is also a genetic scientist. So both of the scientists are girls, but we have, from evidence of Interstellar, the movie, we also brought a ton of embryos into the bunker so that we could keep the genetic variation of a ton of embryos from a ton of different people that we're going to implant into the doctor using the operator, and then the genetic scientist slash birther will then give birth to them, keeping the genetic variation throughout. Yes, I use my hands a lot. I'm sorry. I'm Italian. That's what I do. Um, but if, and both of them are in, like, healthy conditions. Um, and if one of them dies, however, uh, that's why we have two girls and not one. So there you go. Okay. Repopulation. All right. And I want to um, say I was not judging his hands. I think that I think you might have taken a little bit of liberty with the embryos because I mean it just kind of depends on how you how you hey. use them that. But hey, good yeah. good job. Okay, on the other side, what what have you guys got over there? Um, our hey. person is healthy, intelligent, Christian. Oh, people are Christian. Sorry. They're physically and mentally strong. They're kind and loving and have great communication. Okay, those are good good communications. Okay, what do the pictures well, look like? I'm just curious. Can you all describe your picture from the blog? So one of our kind of looks like Stacey here with a clothes thrown on them. Okay. But their hair looks good. And then one of them is the picture of their bunker, which has a fridge and a garden. Smart, a smart fridge. No, just sorry. Not just a fridge. Yeah. Smart fridge. And their picture is very blocky, very strong. Very, very strong. They look like Minecraft characters. Yes, and they have like Africa. Bingo. Back from Roblox. Okay, and over here, back on, I didn't ask what the pictures look like because I can't really see y'all from there. Wow. Oh, wow. They look like children from a... It's a small world. And you know what? Since there's only two of them, it is a small world. So. Okay, so one of them has really, really obnoxiously big fun because it was supposed to be a guy and then he changed our okay. idea. And it has crazy hairline. And the other one has medium-sized slate hair. Okay, all right. And they're very structured. Very structured you like people. characters from Shrek? Yeah, it really is like the really all right, so um, so you can you can kind of get a feel for a little bit what I mean. You're dealing with a situation now, and uh, God picked some people, and it's not easy to pick people, right? Okay, so I mean, it, I mean, obviously it's God, so maybe it's easy for God. But if, if it were you, if you were putting yourself in God's shoes, it's not easy to pick who gets to stay and who gets to go. So now now we're going to open up some scripture. We're going to look at this, um, and so uh, let's uh, who's got. 
um, their Bible app open or ready to go, um, can read for us. You, you. Okay, so Genesis chapter 6 is where we're looking right now. And we're going to start there. The story of Noah takes place in Genesis chapter 6 and goes through chapter 9. Okay, so um, you're gonna, we're going to pick up some stuff from all that area and uh, look at some stuff. So we, let's. Uh, here's what I need you to do. I need you to read Genesis chapter 6, <laughs> verses 5 through 8 for me. So can you do that for us? The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the crea- creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so this is kind of like where this whole thing starts. All right, so we've got... We've got God. He's looking at creation. Now, remember what what did he call creation originally? Very good. Very good. Okay. And now we're just, you know, five chapters away, okay, from Genesis 1 and 2. We're up in Genesis 6. And now what does creation look like? Very bad. Very bad. He grieved me. Yeah. He saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, okay? And every intention or the thoughts of his heart was only evil. And not only evil, but evil continually. Okay, so it's not like it's not like there was an issue like where somebody was like just doing something bad every once in a while. This is like everybody is evil all of the time. Okay, so um, so God, God in this moment. Okay, what did what does it say there? Do you remember what it said? He he felt about this whole thing. Do y'all remember what it said there? Deeply said. He regretted. <laughs> so, wait, I mean, think about that Not for a second. Like, then. That's, that's, I had no idea about this. Yeah, that's that's harsh, right? He, yeah. This is you know five chapters ago he was happy and this was good, and now he's looking at creation and he regrets what he did, and the, you know this is he regrets it, but then he also says and it grieved him to his heart. Okay. So think about that for a second. Have you have you all ever experienced like grief in that kind of way, like where your heart just hurts, like you did something, you're like, dang, I really messed that up, and like, or something along those lines, you're just hurting, and you're looking at it and going, no, you know, no way. Um, so how does it make you guys feel? Okay, Genesis six there, that it grieved his heart. How does it make you guys feel to know that God was sorry for for having made humankind? Makes me second guess. Like, well, not really, because, like, I know now, like, like, I kind of makes me feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Those it's are like, our ancestors. Like, it's a you know? weird feeling. Yeah. I feel like I'm part of it. Yeah. Um, my, my, my people did that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like we hurt someone. Yeah. You know, and it's, and, and you know, it, we hurt God, and it, and it, it makes us think about God maybe in a different way. Yeah, you know, I was trying to say, but then I was like, that sounds wrong saying that. Right, but I mean, but you know, we we sometimes think that God is just this this guy. He's hanging out up there and he's kind of watching everything, <laughs> but he has emotions. He has feelings. You know, he he created humankind because he wanted a relationship with them. He created them in his own image. You know, and because he wanted them to be like him, so he could have this relationship with them. He wanted that that glorification, that 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 that. <laughs> that um, back and forth that Craig was talking about last week on the podcast and or in Bible study or whatever we call this thing. And um, at the moment, depending on what, what you're doing, but he wanted this this relationship and now it's so messed up that he can't he can't get anything like that. And so this is this is where God is. Um, so and because he's sorry, verse seven there, what does he decide to do? Kill him kill him. He wiped them from the face of the earth. Yeah. Wipe them away. Punish them. Yeah, he wants to punish them. He you know, it's it's interesting the way you know, it's been on what version you're looking at, it says, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Okay. 
Now, blotting, we don't we don't know much about blotting right now, but that, that work is an old ink kind of thing. So you would put ink on a paper and you have blotter to play with. I think about it. Oh, yeah. That's an answer calling on my counter at home. I take my thumb and I squish them. <laughs> yeah, I have blotted them out. Yeah, so right going. Stupid, I mean, so, like, all right, so been in my house. okay, so here we're in this moment. We experience this. God is experiencing this. But then verse eight. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So think about that. Out of everybody out there, um, <laughs> Noah finds favor. So what do you guys think it means to have found favor with the Lord? <laughs> He's been a good boy. <laughs> He's been a good boy. I can't hear you. What? You're an exception to the rest of society. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Noah was an exception. Noah was an exception. All right. So he looks at everything that's out there, the wickedness, everything along those lines, and he finds favor. Okay. So let's um. Let's take another look here, um, and we'll jump down in verse in chapter six again. Hannah, you want to read for us again? Um, I will. Okay, sounds good. Where? All right, we're going to read chapter six, verses seventeen through twenty-two. This is going to just expound on that a little bit. Okay. Let me highlight it. So I don't lose my okay. Okay. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to keep to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Okay, so yeah, so think about this for a second. We just did this exercise a minute ago when we talked about who would you pick. All right, so um, there's an interesting thing to think about and um, kind of wonder. Um, there's this this thing, it, it, it in verse, um, excuse me, in chapter, uh, in chapter seven and eight, there's a, a line that we're not going to read it tonight, but it says that and the Lord and the Lord caused it to rain on the earth, and the the well springs under the earth came up. Okay, so the springs under the earth came up, the rain came down, um, and there's a lot of theologians who believe that it had never rained before on the earth, like this was a new thing. All right, so that you know, rain was one of these things. There's actually some scientists who believe that that's why people live so long because there was like this hyperbaric chamber around the earth. Because and that that when it rained for the first time, though, I mean Noah's here. He's building a boat, okay, and he's telling everybody that it's going to rain, and like you know, you know, it's, he's crazy. Okay, but there's this this one line right there, okay, right at the end of that portion that we just read. He's supposed to take everything with him. All these different animals are going to come to him, too. Like he's not going to go get them. Okay, They're coming to him. God's like making this stuff happen. And they're going to get on there. He's got to, he's got to get all the food ready. He's got to get everything um, to keep them alive. And what did verse 22 say? What was the last thing that, that Anna read? No, he did everything that God commanded him. That's right. So... So one of the things, guys, that, you know, when you think about that, and you, you all pick these people that were going to save the earth, right? God was involved with this. Would they, you never, you never thought they were going to do everything I told them to do to save the earth, right? You know, they had to be obedient people. And so Noah, here he is, he finds favor with God, and he is obedient in that kind of way. In verse 9, um, it talks about some of his other characteristics. It says that Noah was righteous, okay, um, which means that he he wasn't he was blameless as well. So he understood what it, he was in right standing with God. There's nothing that he had done to break that apart. Um, but one of the things that and we hear about this later on in Scripture and all, and this is what Adam was too. He says that Noah walks with God. It's the first nine of chapter six that he walked with God. And Adam, if you remember from the creation story, we didn't, I don't know if we read it last week or not, but he would, Adam and Eve would walk with God in the garden. Okay, so there's this 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 idea that that um, we have a relationship with God and Noah. Wait, so, but 
God isn't like a physical being. That's a good question. Yeah. So how did they walk with him in the garden? Well, in the garden it may have been different. I'm not sure. I mean, but there's there's some you know God does have physical attributes. You know, throughout the scriptures we see different places where. Um, there are some places that we think about God having physical things, and it may actually be um, something like a, a, a Jesus-like character before Jesus actually comes so on the scene. there could be a Jesus one, and then the Jesus we know about Jesus <laughs> two. Well, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's one way to look at it, yeah. I mean, so, but like, remember there's a story about Jacob wrestling with the, with the angel of the Lord. And sometimes if you read scripture, you'll see this, this line that says, the angel of the Lord came and said this. And normally, when it says something like that, it's almost talking like it's talking about the the eternal Christ or like the eternal Jesus, not necessarily the physical Jesus that was born in Bethlehem, but a Jesus, a, 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 the Son of God who takes on a human form. And so maybe in those moments that um, in the garden, when they talk about walking with God and God comes looking through the garden for them, I mean, God is all powerful, so he might have he might have taken on a physical form to talk with him. It's important to remember, too, that we believe in the Trinity, so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are eternal figures. They're eternal beings. So Christ was present from the beginning, not just from Bethlehem forward. He was present with God in the beginning. Yeah, so, I mean, so here we are. We're sitting here right now, okay? So if we believe this story... And that there's these people, Noah and his wife, and Noah's sons and their wives, okay? And they're the ones who, you know, are the only ones, humans on the boat, then we're here, and that's what we believe. Then, did, did God pick well? In most cases, yes. In most cases, yes. So, I don't know what that means, but... Highlight quotations of marks around most cases. Right, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, God, God, obviously, we have a hard time picking something like that, but God, God is actually, you know, perfectly good at picking those types of things. All right, so, all right, that's everything kind of pre-flood. So the flood happens, God puts Noah and his wife in the emergency bunker known as the Ark, okay, um, and proceeds to flood the entire world. Um, eventually, the waters subside, and Noah and his family leave the Ark, um, do you, know, do you all know how long? It's, it kind of says it in the scripture. 40 days and 40 nights. Wrong. What? 30 Yay. days. 44. Wrong. 45. Wrong. 46. Wrong. 47. Wrong again. 48. Wrong, wrong again. again. What's the... 60. <laughs> They're like, what's the... You're the teacher. Tell us. He was... Stop looking at my notes, boy. All right, so... he They were on that boat for almost 10 months, y'all. So oh, the days. rain lasted. The rain lasted for forty days, and then it took yeah, one hundred fifty yeah. days for the water to subside just to, enough to see a mountain. Then they they end up shipwrecked on the top of a mountain, and then it took another forty days to so see. So like two hundred, like maybe two hundred days. More than yeah, I mean ten months. That'd be three, three almost three hundred days. The water, the, the earth flooded for one hundred and fifty days. Yeah. I mean, you're talking a long time. That's a long time for flooding. Yeah. Yeah. So how flooding. how long did like God tell Noah to prepare? Because you have to gather a bunch of animals from everywhere, and you have to gather a bunch of food supplies. And you got to build a boat that's enormous. <laughs> yeah. So how long? Since this is like way dense, they don't have as much of the as much as tools yeah. he has, so it must have taken him a long time to do all that. Yeah. Didn't he say that's that, a good question. Uh, didn't he say that the animals like came to him, though? Yeah, the animals came to him, so he didn't have to go looking for them, but that is a good question. I mean, think about how long that would take us to build something. Like, take I don't know how long it takes to build a cruise ship right now, but it's probably <laughs> a long time, but think about all the tools that we have. But now you've got this guy who's building these, with these ancient things, he's building this stuff. I mean, and it had to take years. Think of the ridicule of people who were watching him build this thing. Not, it didn't, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, a couple of days, hey, I built a boat, you know, kind of thing. I mean, like, what you're saying is he had to deal years. with, it's years probably. Probably a lot of mental abuse. Yeah, and think, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, think about, think about his sons, you know, or even, this is the Veggie Tales thing, like one of his sons comes back from getting married and he's all <laughs> mad because 
you know, he built the boat where his house was supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. But his sons would get kind of roped. God tells Noah what's happening. His sons get roped into this. They didn't really get a choice, you know. But, you know, so, I mean, what, what would it feel like if your dad, you know, comes home one day and says, hey, we're going to build a really big boat and save the world? Cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, what, what, we're, we're going to put Dad in an institution, right? Because he's crazy. But you know, that's that's what they're dealing with, and that's that's a really hard, difficult thing. I mean, this is you know, from a relationship standard, this is hard. But the really cool thing about them is that they are faithful people, because we're going to see here, and we're going to flip over to chapter nine. So, Hannah, you ready to read for us one more time? Um, so, we're going to read chapter nine, and this is right after they get off the boat, um, or um, kind of what it was there and uh, actually what verse? I'm on chapter 9 yeah we are going to actually I've got the wrong thing there we're going to look at chapter 8 actually verse 20 okay to just, just that one verse this first time actually no um, 21 20 and 21 yeah that's right <coughs> okay then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all, all of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt off. I cannot read right now. You're all right. Keep going. <laughs> you read it. Okay. I can't read right now. All right. Um, I have like snot in the back of my throat. I can feel it. Okay. Uh, then Noah built. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and so is me. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Uh, then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking care of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. First thing that Noah does when he gets off the boat, what does he do? Make an offering. He goes everywhere. Family, right? so they get off the boat, yeah, but the very first thing that they do when they get off the boat is they, they build an altar. Okay. Oh, yeah. They build an altar, they take some of the animals and sacrifice them. Now, here's here's something interesting that some of the details, because I, I just saw Grant's face and he's like, wait a second, is that what happened to the unicorns? They sacrificed unicorns? To, no, the two by two is for a lot of the animals, but the clean animals, which are the ones that were used for sacrifice and the ones that got that were clean, there are actually seven sets of two by two of those animals. Huh? Okay, so there are more animals. Yeah, it's actually oh, so. Yeah, so some of those. So they didn't. So they had some spares to to worship God with, basically. Okay. So, um. So yeah. So you know, the, but that that moment brings on this statement from God. This this amazing statement. Okay. I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Okay. Climate change. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that talks about climate change there, yeah, I guess. But, you know, so in these moments, God makes a promise, okay, that he'll never do this again. Now, the promise is also shows up in, in chapter 9, okay? And um, this is what he, he commands Noah to do this. He says, go, be fruitful, multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. And then... Um, this, this word that Hannah said earlier, verse 8, it says, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast on the earth with you, as many as come out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall I flood. I'll, never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And this is where he says this, and this is a sign the covenant that I make between you and every creature that is with you for all future generations. Y'all know what this is? The rainbow. The rainbow. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Wait, why are they, why are they double rainbows? Uh, that's science. So I, I don't really know the reason why. But um, it's just double promises. But, I mean, there was a double the rainbow yesterday um, over the football field at Smoky Road. So... <laughs> It was pretty amazing to, to watch. I think a lot of people saw that from different areas. But, yeah, it's a science thing. So there's science to this. You know, we're not, it's not, that's not, you know, but, and actually it's kind of interesting because um, verse 14 of chapter 9, it says, When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, 
I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. So, you know, he brings the clouds and then the, the rainbow just happens. Okay? So, yeah, it is science. All right? It's cool. You know, science and God are not disconnected from each other. But let's talk about this last thing we were going to talk about is this, this word covenant. What does that word mean? A promise, okay. It's a little bit more than just a promise because, like, I can promise to clean my room, right? My wife wants me to promise to clean my room all the time. It's our room, really. But hey, just, Siri, what's a covenant? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really bad at, like, at like leaving my socks everywhere. So I can promise that I can, you know, I will do that. But a promise is good, but a covenant is more. So, so all right, Mason. This, oh, wait, Grayson might have a, a comment before you read Siri. Yeah, like a really, really long-lasting promise. It's a long-lasting promise. That's a good description of it, too, yeah. A biblical covenant is a religious covenant that is described in the Bible. All, uh, Brent, help me word. Still know. It, it, it looks like Abraham, but it, Abrahamic. Abrahamic religions consider biblical covenants important, so they are very important to everyone in the religion. Okay. Which is basically what it's saying. So a covenant is a promise that involves more than just the person making the, the promise. Yes. Yes. It's a sacred thing. It's more than it's more than just a promise. Dude, okay? I'm having deja vu. About what? I feel like we've talked about this before. We probably have talked about this at some point or another before because we've had discussions over the years about these different things. But you know, we've we've got we've got a situation now where all of humanity has been has been cut, you know, down. And, but God is making not only just a promise, but a sacred promise, okay? One that has power to be really kept in that kind of way. He's, he's a God beyond capability of humanity. You know, he can keep a promise like this, and he's got signs of this is going to happen. And it, it goes into future generations, okay? It's not just a promise for one people. It's a promise that transcends time, okay? So a covenant is bigger than, than just a regular promise. It's just like when we... Um, when we get married, we make a covenant, okay? Because promises are, covenants are bigger than promises. And so marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman because it's it's something that's supposed to last your entire life, okay? And it comes with signs that connect that, all right? So just as we're kind of wrapping things up, let's, let's just talk a little bit about what this looks like. So we, we talked about at the beginning, I mean, we've got, we've got this, this, eternal being, right? He creates humanity, and it's good, and then humanity does all kinds of crazy stuff, and it's bad, and then this powerful being just decides that he's going to wipe it out. So, how do you guys feel about that? That's scary. How do you feel? It's kind of worrying, because it's like, I know God said he can't do it again, but he can do something similar to us, and it's like, he has power, and it's like, okay, if we do something bad, there can be, like, a really big punishment on that. Okay, so he promised that he wouldn't send a flood, right? So is there something else he can do? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you know, I think that's why that, that other scripture, you know, that, you know, from chapter 8, verse 21, when we're reading that, you know, when he's, he's talking there at the bottom that, you know, he makes this promise that he's never going to destroy um, humanity again. Never again will curse the ground because of it. Um, because he knows that their hearts are evil from birth, okay? It's just the it's just the way it is, you know. So, you know, but he he makes that promise too that he's never going to do that again. So, but yeah, it's scary to think that you know one man can do all that. Well, one God can do all that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it is a little bit scary. And so when people like, so you know, let me ask you this question. So is it was it compassionate for God to to destroy humanity? Yes. Compassionate? Yes. Craig's got, Craig's got an answer for this. Well, he didn't completely destroy humanity because he, he left people to repopulate the earth. So the compassion was he didn't completely obliterate us and start over from... Yeah. Maybe things would look like our drawings. Yeah. <laughs> so, was it technically a Thanos snap? 
<laughs> yes. You know, in, in um, what's interesting about you know that when we watched Avenger Endgame, and sorry, hey, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, right here. So cut to this time. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame. Or any of the Avengers movies, all eighteen or twenty-one. Batman dies in Endgame. Yeah. So then, just you know, turn it off right now. But yeah, the Thanos snap, where he decides that you know that there's evil in humanity, and he kind of snaps his fingers. That that's a lot like. That's actually an Infinity War. Well, whatever. So. Well, then he does it in Endgame. The nerds, the nerds are all. So Iron Man does that. But. But yeah, those those. But yeah, that's the idea. You know, there's something there. Now I don't think that you know, there's this idea that it's it's the same thing. I mean, Thanos only took half of the people away and stuff like that. But but there is this idea there that that humanity did this. Now here's here's the thing to remember is that, um, so this this is there's a word that comes up when we talk about we talk about Christianity all the time, and that is the word merciful. That God is merciful. So does this feel mercy? Does this feel like mercy? <coughs> yes. Okay. I, I'd, I'd say yes because he got he got rid of a ton of the evil in the world, and the world would be a much different place if he hadn't have done that type of thing. Well, that's an interesting. I mean, I don't find drowning mercy. But I mean, he's giving mercy on the future. He's giving mercy on the future, but not the present. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's killing the people that were in it and just left. Well, would it basically be like, let's say, your sibling um, got in trouble, so you got in trouble for it. Was that kind of like, so, before the whole flood, there was people who were obeying God and people who weren't obeying God. Would the people who obeyed God still die? Would it be like them getting punished for their peers? Lori's looks like she's got something. I'm thinking on that, and all the people that were on Earth, he only found one righteous person, and that was Noah and his family. So, what does that say? Was he merciful? Yes, he saved the one righteous family out of all the people in the the world. Not, not three who were. Practicing sort of, kinda over in you know the neighborhood. The one out of the one family out of all the who, how many other people were on the earth at that time? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So was there? Because there's probably like an average maybe of seven billion people now. So if he wiped out like a bunch, what or sorry. How many were probably there before? Because it must have been a lot more. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of people. I don't know that it was seven billion people, but you know, remember we're we're just at the very beginning of creation, so you know, thousands, how, how, thousands, <laughs> millions, maybe. I don't know. So not not necessarily billions. Yeah. I mean, the only person. I mean, there weren't like, there weren't a million people in the world until like. Dude, the Roman Empire had a lot of people in it. Yeah, and that was considered a million. So I don't, I don't know. There's no, there's nothing to really tell us per se. You know, with it. I will say something to the comment that you said though. The very first scripture that we read when we started was in um, chapter six, verse five. It says the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Okay, so yeah, so out of Everyone, like you would say, well, there's some people that do this and some people that don't. And basically, what Lori was saying there is like, there weren't some people who do this. There were millions of people who do this, and then <coughs> two people who didn't, or one person who didn't, which is Mo, which is Noah. I almost said Moses. So, was, was so. being a real faithful Christian kind of like a, a pretty rare thing then? Yeah, I mean, following God apparently was extremely rare because there was only one out of everybody. So, I have kind of like a other question. So, was it like just a flood that went all around the world? Because, or how many people were in each continent or state? Or yeah, I mean, I wish I wish I had a really good answer for you on that. There, there. Um, just so you know, there there are stories about a great flood. 
in just about every ancient culture. Right here. What if the glaciers are the water that God used to flood the earth? And, he, and he's just walking away. That was the well, Grayson, so, okay. Grayson yeah. has walked away. Grayson has walked away. But, yeah, no, I mean, I chance. think you know, there's there's some there's some people who think that um, there's evidence of a great flood that they can be found all over the world. Um, from a scientific standpoint, things like the Grand Canyon. They even talk about the Grand Canyon maybe being, uh, even though there's a river that runs through it, it doesn't seem like there would be enough time to create that. I've heard that before. <laughs> um, so I mean, there's all kinds of things like that. We don't really know how many people and where they were and all those types of things so um but it is it is a story that shows up not only in the in the christian and the jewish faith it's in the muslim faith it's in the cadians it's in sumerians there's there are flood stories all throughout um the story now one of the things that's that's interesting when we're talking about this idea of mercy is this compassion that god has this this idea in there is that in all of these ancient stories there's a god who causes this flood okay but in all those other stories, when this God causes this flood, everyone dies, and there's no promise or anything along those lines. This God is not merciful in any kind of way. Um, so the, 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 the difference here, even though this seems drastic, is that we have something new about this God that's different than all the other gods. Because this flood story shows up everywhere, but the other gods are all horrible people. And this God, even though he kills multitudes of people, he reserves this remnant to rebuild from, and then he makes a promise to them that he'll never do this again, and that he'll support them. And that's something totally different. That was a new thing about God. Well, so. what if, like, it's possible for not this specific flood, but a different, like, natural disaster to happen worldwide? Yeah, like, maybe drought could happen. Maybe it could be, like, the opposite of a flood. There could be a huge drought all over the world. Okay. And save this certain, like, people just to live, tell the story and then repopulate once again. Okay. Because climate change... Okay. The world were to go through a cycle. If you've looked at this as a cycle, and it went through this cycle again, and there was people who who, who repopulate just like we pretended to do up in the front area. Um, I think the difference that you, you see in the midst of this is that not only were these people surviving, but they were surviving on specific instruction and a, and a connection with God. You know, and so yeah, there might be something that happens, and we have droughts and we have natural disasters that happen, and people experience hard things. And guys, you know, um, unfortunately, I think a lot of times people take um, the viewpoint that when we have a natural disaster that, you know, it's we call it, you know, quote unquote, an act of God, you know, but it's not God's desire in, 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 in these situations to destroy people. He's already said he doesn't, he's not going to do that again. You know, he's made that promise. He's not going to destroy people because they're evil. He under, you know, the best he can do is, is to, to, provide a situation and give promises and that's what he's done in Jesus as well as he's given us a way to, to deal with the issue of the evil in our hearts and so that's why this story comes in and flows back into what we believe as Christians because it again reminds us again of this God who makes these promises who's compassionate and merciful and loves us um, and desires remember how hard his, his heart was broken when humanity turned away from him and so now he has an opportunity through Christ to bring us back into relationship with him. And so he's always working to try to make us back into that image of who he is. So we learned that last week, and now we're seeing again that he's trying to restore the image of God in humanity. It's, and it, yeah, it, it came with a lot of difficult stuff. But, um, and I just want to encourage you to, as you, if you look at some of this Old Testament stuff, because there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, guys, that is, and we're going to look at a lot of it. It's hard to, to, to figure out. But um, one of the things that's really interesting about the Old Testament is that God kind of works with people in the Old Testament as like it, all the people that he, his people, all the people of the earth, it's like they're, they're represented as wonders. Like I looked at the heart of man, the heart of humankind, like there's one heart of humankind. It's like there's one thing, you know, and so a whole group of people, 
you know, if, there, if there's something, you know, another group of people that are getting into into and, and destroying like a disease that the, the people of God, like the Israelites, then he tells them, don't obliterate these people because they're, that group of people are like a disease that's happening to his person, okay? But with Jesus, we come, we, when we get into the New Testament, that idea and those ideals and those hopes and dreams that he has for a person come down to a single person. And so now it's more than just a group of people. Now it's personal. Okay, so yeah, the church the church has a responsibility to go out back out to the world and try to recreate, but you have a personal relationship with God because now your images can be restored through Jesus. And so we kind of go through this like people, group of people down to Jesus, and then we're spreading back out, individual going back out to people again. And so um, so sometimes when we see this and there's these huge things that are happening, they're really hard to understand. We gotta understand that God is looking at like a macro view of humanity instead of an individual person, you know, in this way. That's kind of the way it's laying out. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it's helpful when you start looking at, you know, well, why would he destroy a whole group of people? Well, it's just like, you know, one-on-one in the mindset of it. So, all right, so that's that's kind of where we're at with Noah and the Flood. Okay, so we've got creation made in the image of God. The image gets jacked up, and so then then God tries to, to run a reset button. He's going to reboot him humanity um in in noah okay and um it's what happens i mean we're sitting here because of it all right and um it's an amazing story it's a hard story but it's an amazing story and beautiful thing so uh, thank you guys for being here tonight and for all of you on the podcast here comes a little rain for you today, probably or maybe something else i thought you meant i was raining outside no oh it's the sound of a rainbow oh i didn't know rainbows made sounds thanks for listening to united through him if you're a middle school or high school student would like to join the podcast discussion we meet for bible study on wednesdays at 6 30 p.m in the youth lounge at noon at first united methodist church we also have youth worship in the same place most sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m follow us on instagram at noon and youth that's n-e-w-n-a-n-u-t-h you can also contact our leadership at UTH at noonanfumc.org. Thanks again for listening to United Through Him. <laughs>